You, monster, we've trekked a thousand miles across starless seas, blighted mires, and forests without end, all in seeking you to ask you a question. What are you looking for in an apartment? Would you be a good Cub Scout leader? Can I ride you, or would that be disrespectful? Should I invest in subterranean realty? Do you find it sexy when I T-pose and spin in a circle? Every episode of Finding Monster Right has us asking questions like these, about monsters from folklore, pop culture, and our own world. Join us as we meet alien allies, cryptic comrades, and friendly fiends. After all, it's not just a show about monsters, right? Right. Finding Monster Right. We found you, now you find us. When he wades into the water, to try and find us, we take our braids and we wrap them around their ankles and we yank them underwater and then we tickle them until they drown. Oh, that tickle! Huh. Hi, you're listening to The Gorgon Show, a podcast about being a monster in a human world. I'm your host, Penny Cephalonia, and I'm a Gorgon. One of my goals with this podcast is to, to correct misconceptions about my fellow monsters. And and don't think I'm being some kind of morally superior monster here, because um, I want to educate myself as much as I want to educate all of you. Being open-minded and like learning stuff is always in fashion. Nicely said, Zappa. I wouldn't mind if humans were a little more open-minded about us, know what I mean? Why can't a snake attached to a gorgon said be a CEO humans? Why not? Um, it's not just humans that don't quite get us, Forbes. I've met plenty of monsters that have misconceptions about other monsters. Remember that Cyclops who didn't know we snakes could talk? I thought he was going to die of fright when I started singing at him. We can't know everything about one another, of course, but we could all be a little more open to learning. I I believe we monsters should be more open to addressing our misconceptions about humans, too. Oh my god, like there are still monsters that think humans can just pull their feet off and like attach other feet of different colors and heights. They're called shoes. God, they just put them over their feet, which like stay attached. I saw on Reddit that there are monsters that still think humans can spit acid. Oh my goodness, I remember when that whole thing started. Some conspiracy crazy gelatinous cube heard about acid reflux and just went to a really weird place with it. Though, to be fair, as a monster that has a human digestive system, it's pretty freaky that the stomach is just a bag full of acid. Humans are a walking acid pit. But that acid stays inside their bodies even when they have acid reflux, which is better for everyone in the end. Listeners, before we get to our sponsor, I'd like to let you know that in this episode, my wonderful guest and I talk about a difficult subject for humans and monsters to hear about, and that's the harsh reality of sexual assault. We don't discuss anything too graphic, and I do my best to discuss the topic with sensitivity, but it may be difficult for some of you to listen. So I thought it'd be best to let you know. Thank you so much. You want a healthy meal that will still fill belly? Eat borscht. Want clear skin and shiny hair, no tangles? Eat borscht. Want energy to deal with the chaotic darkness that is life? Eat borscht. And the best borscht, served at night on Borscht Mountain's Chernobog-owned restaurants. Baba Yaga thinks she makes best borscht with her meal kits. Baba Yaga can shove it right between her hut's chicken legs. 
because our borscht is best. We use original family recipe, which is very old, but we only use the newest and freshest locally sourced ingredients. So get some borscht at your local Night on Borscht Mountain today. We do takeout, but not delivery. Delivery is for bitches like that Baba Yaga. I'm honored to introduce a Rusalka, and her name is Natasha. And Natasha, welcome to The Gorgon Show. Thank you so much for being here. It's so great to be here. I'm so excited. Oh, well, I am too. Thank you so much. Um, let's start with, uh, first of all, what, what do you want the humans and monsters who listen to The Gorgon Show, what do you want them to know about you? You know, that's kind of a, a complicated question. Because on the one hand, if humans didn't do some of the things that they do, I wouldn't exist. But on the other hand, you know, I'd like existing. Oh, you know what? That's as a Gorgon and as a descendant of Medusa, I, I, I think I understand what you mean by that. It's, it's quite complicated, actually. But, but what is it about your origin that that is, is complicated, you think? Well, I don't want to offend you, but Rusalki are created when women are raped or otherwise forced by, by human men and then they commit suicide because of it. Oh, I'm not offended by that at all. If anything, uh, my heart goes out to you for having to have dealt with that. I'm so very sorry. It's, it's a difficult part of every Rusalka's past. But at the same time, when you're reborn as a Rusalka, it's not such a bad life. So, so unlike. Reborn. Oh, unlife. So are you technically undead or how would you describe yourself? You, you know, my human listeners and well, our fellow monsters are very big on categorizing. Um, so how would you describe what you are now? I believe that by the standards of humans, I would count as undead. Oh. Because I died. Hmm. And since I live underwater, you understand, breathing is not so much something that I do. And I have found in the past that humans are touchy about creatures that don't breathe. Oh, yeah, they do have their prejudices and some other monsters do too. Yeah, I hear you on that. Okay, so you are an undead underwater creature. Oh, that's, I believe you're my first undead underwater creature as a guest. Oh, I'm so honored. Thank you so much. I'm so pleased. You, you see, in traditional Rusalka culture, a, a Rusalka has thrown herself into the water because of the shame of, of having been violated and sometimes because she may become pregnant oh. from, from that violation. Um, and the water accepts her and helps her live again. 
Oh, yeah. You know, water I found is really, really nice. I have interviewed several sea creatures of all kinds. And, and oh, goodness, you know, water is just, it's like the best part of the planet. It's just so it uplifting. It, I'd go so far as to say, well, buoyant. Hee <laughs> hee. Sorry. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad you laughed at that because I, I, I didn't know if it was too soon. Um, but so it's the water gave you life. The water gave me life and my sisters. And then we live in the river. Well, unlive in the river where we died. Oh, okay. So how many uh, Rusalki um, are there? Do you know? Are you all in the same river? Well, no, we, we're in rivers everywhere. Oh, wonderful. The, the original Rusalki were in the Volga River in Russia. Ah. But as our people spread, and by our people, I mean our human people, Rusalki themselves are not migratory. We are tied to the river in which we died. Mm. There is discussion in Rusalki scientific circles about whether rivers that connect to other rivers are safe havens for Rusalki, or if one really must stay in the river that, that one originally died in, um, the, the newer Rusalka scientists feel that it is unfair to allow humans to define where each river starts and ends, and that Rusalki should be allowed to go anywhere that is connected to their original river, provided that they don't go into the sea. Oh, that is, that is fascinating. So there are enough Rusalki to have a scientific community. Oh my goodness, that is brilliant. Um, how do you communicate with one another through, through the waters? Do you have like underwater phones or, or uh, oh, I'm fascinated by this. <laughs> uh, phones are not so useful underwater. Mm. Electronics, water, not so good together. No. Um, but we do swim very quickly so mm. that we can swim to, you know, junctions of other rivers and communicate that way. So, sort of like the human Pony Express? Uh, a little outdated, but but uh, the kids should be learning about that in school too. Natasha, please forgive me if this is rude to ask, um, but do you remember your life before you were Rusalka? I do. Oh. I are, do. Are you comfortable uh, talking about it? Because you are welcome to. It, I... There, there isn't really much to say. I was not terribly old. Well, I was not terribly old by spirit standards mm. when I became Rusalka. Okay. By human standards, not terribly old, but not terribly young either. Okay, so you were um, just right. So I, I became Rusalka in, in my 30s. Um. And I, I worked in entertainment huh. before before I, I died. Oh, what did you do? Like, I love movies. I, I, I worked on stage. Well, oh. I didn't work on stage. I was not an actor. Um, okay. But, but I worked behind the scenes on theater. Oh, were you stagehand, sound, lighting, something like that? 
lighting. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. I do love a good theatrical production, whether it's a movie or a live performance, simply because I can take off my sunglasses and sit with my friends mm-hmm. in the dark and not turn them into statues. I've seen so many wonderful plays over the years. Oh, that that's quite lovely. And was this was this in Russia? No. Oh no, no. I I'm I'm a Californian, Rusalka. Oh, so you were not kidding when you said that. Well, you all have spread out. Oh, that that's that's yeah. wonderful. Like Gorgons, and you are all over the world, as it should be. All over the world. Oh, that is fantastic. Well, I, I'm. Of course, it's totally up to you uh, whether you'd like to go into detail about how you became a Rosalka. But once again, this is about sharing your story in the way you want it to be told. But I, I do have to, oh, I can't help it. I have to ask, which is better, being human or being monster? Oh, I much prefer being a Rusalka. Oh, yeah. I've never been human. I, no offense, human listeners. Um, I, of course, love being a monster. I, I was fond of the water when I was a human. I Well, I lived in California, so. Oh, did you I, live I near the, the ocean? I did. Oh, I did nice. Live, I, I lived on the coast. And so being able to be under the water all the time without drowning is really quite a bit better, I think. Oh, yeah, I would imagine so. Oh, that that's wonderful. But of course, you're you're not in the ocean now. You're in uh, another... Um, I, I'm in a river. You're in a river. Still in California? Still in California. Okay. I died oh. in California, so I am still in a California river. Oh, that's that's actually wonderful. I'm I'm very glad you've had rains recently. I know there was some drought in California. Was that extra difficult for any Rusalki there? It very much was. Oh, I'm uh, so it, sorry. When when your river starts to dry up, uh, it it makes housing difficult. Oh yeah, you understand M- more more Rusalka to to a body of water less room, you know, it's, it's sort of, sort of an overcrowding problem. Yeah. You know what? I, I have some human friends out there who could totally relate to that. Oh, but um, how are things now? Like how is, how is your river now doing better? My river is much better and it's been kind of cool oh. this spring. So we haven't been evaporating as much as, as perhaps we might usually. So oh. there's, really much more space than usual. Of course, we don't anticipate that lasting. Mm. But still, that, that that is good to hear. Yeah, I I've, would very much love for the Rusalka community to thrive, but I, I hope you're not offended if I also feel that I don't want there to be any new Rusalki. You know what I mean? That That is the essential paradox of being a Rusalka. I mm. love my sisters. But if there are more of my sisters, that is that is more trauma and more indication that humans perhaps need to be killed. Oh, yeah. You know what? I, of course, love my human listeners and my human friends, but they're the first to agree that there are some humans who are right fuckers who need to be, um, well, as a Gorgon, I would say they need to be stared at. So I feel mm-hmm. you on that. We we don't shy away from the fact that there are there are some folks who just need to um and you know, yes, to be fair, some monsters as well, some folks who just need to 
go elsewhere. I'll leave it at that because I don't want to be arrested. So, yes. Oh, so well, I'm very glad to hear that your river and, and your sisters are, are thriving. But let's talk about you as an individual. What What is a day in the life of Natasha the Rusalka like? Well, a day is a very human concept of time, I think. Yes. And under the water, days are less distinct. Hmm. Normally, uh, I, I swim with my sisters, and sometimes without my sisters. Too many people all the time can be overwhelming mm. or just annoying. It's uh, like having too many snakes on your head. I get that. We swim up and down our river. Um, in Russia, Rusalki swim in the river in the fall and in the winter, and then in the spring, they come out and live in the trees near the oh. river. Oh, wow. Uh, the, the humans think that this is because the Rusalki influence uh, the, the fertility of their fields. Hmm. Um, Rusalki do not influence the fertility of their fields. That's, that's just a human thing. Yeah, that, that's, um, kind of, that's kind of weird. And I would go so far as to say that's a little problematic to think that, considering the origin. Some humans, yeah. some humans are just, oh, they're wacky. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I can't think why I would care about the fertility of human fields. Yeah. Um, so then the Rusalki stay in the trees for the spring and the summer, when it's warm, and then return to to the river after the harvest, which is probably part of why humans think that there's some sort of, you know, fertility connection to the oh, fields. Oh, yeah, causation, correlation, all that stuff. Exactly. In America, in, in particular, in places like California, where the seasons are perhaps less defined, hmm. uh, there's, there's the hot season, and then there's, you know, a couple of months, and then there's the hot season again. Uh, so Rusalki have adapted somewhat to uh -huh. live underwater most of the year. In part, I also think because it's less warm in Russia when it's really warm mm, yes. than it is in California, say, when it's really warm. Um, better to be underwater, better not to be out in the sun. Not, not that Rusalki sunburn. But oh, bonus! I sunburn. I do have human-like skin, and oh boy, do I have to apply so much sunblock! And sometimes I forget to apply it to my snakes, and then they get very upset with me. Oh dear! Anyway, oh yes. So the idea of being underwater all the time actually sounds delightful for a hot day. Oh, that sounds wonderful, actually. So it can do you be ever very soothing? Do you ever like peek up? Over the surface of the water, or we certainly can. We we retain the ability to live above water for short periods of time, uh, in the way of of our Rusalki ancestors and ah. and our Russian Rusalki cousins. Hmm. But we ourselves mostly live in the water. Okay, wonderful. Um, so, do you interact? With humans at all? And if so, what is that interaction like? I mean, humans love the water, whether it's the oceans or, or rivers or pools that they make themselves. 
chlorine is uh, less pleasant for Rusalka. Yeah, I I don't picture you ever going into someone's backyard swimming pool. (laughs) Um, But humans, do they come to your river? Do you interact with humans ever? Humans go everywhere. Oh, yes, they do. You can't stop humans from going everywhere. Um, Our interactions with humans are generally somewhat minimal. Uh, Human women uh, come to us sometimes for for aid or for comfort and while we cannot take them while they're alive and a an ethical rusalka would not encourage a human woman to attempt the transformation hmm. uh, we we do still feel kinship with human women um hu- human men well we kill human men. Oh. Well, like all of them? Just the assholes. Okay, okay. Because, yeah, I do have my lines. And my line is, we just don't kill at random, uh, you know, unless you have to eat Ozark Haller. I'm thinking of you, my friend. Um, but just in general, so you... Well, I'm going to make an assumption. And, of course, please tell me if I'm being an ass. You target the men who are the kind of men that create Rusalki to begin with? Exactly. Oh, that's, oh, that's delightful. The traditional manner of Rusalka life is that a Rusalka's first kill should be the man who drove her to become a Rusalka. Though that is sadly not always possible. Yeah, that, that happens, yes. Sometimes they get away, mm. and and then one must seek other human men f- to fulfill one's sense of vengeance. A proper sense of vengeance is very important to a Rusalka. Okay, okay, that makes sense. So, um, what, like you know, vampires have fangs, and well, I have my snakes. He, <laughs> um, how does a Rusalka? dispatch with humans who need to be dispatched with somewhat like our distant distant cousins the sirens uh we sing to attract human men to the water Ah. Uh, it's particularly effective on sailors Hmm. but also on any man really who is close to the water and then when he wades into the water to try and find us, we take our braids and we wrap them around their ankles and we yank them underwater and then we tickle them until they drown. Oh, that tickle. Huh. I, I never would have imagined that. That's very specific um, and very, very specified. What, wow, that is, that is amazing. How long does it take? I mean, I know t- different humans have different abilities to hold their breath and everything, but I would imagine if they were being tickled, it'd be hard for them to hold their breath. It does make the process shorter, mm. which is useful because, you know, one one does not want to damage one's hair by holding onto a struggling human for too long. It, it is important, of course, to have one's priorities. Priority one, hair. Priority two, murder. 
priority three. Well, that's up to each individual Rusalka to determine. Okay, okay. Yeah, I would I would throw coffee in there as a priority, but that that's just for me. <laughs> um, so what do you do with the corpse uh, after it has been tickled to death underwater? We use them to feed our fish friends. Oh, that's that's lovely. Um, so you don't feast on the corpses of your enemies yourself? We're undead. We don't actually need to eat. Which oh. is not to say that we don't occasionally, you know, enjoy a small treat. I like ice cream. Oh, it's wonderful. What's your favorite flavor? Plum. Oh, I don't think I've ever had plum ice cream. I think I will try some in your honor. That sounds delicious. I'm just a straight-up chocolate gal. It's very nice in the summer when you mm. have, you know, the fresh fruit. Oh, yeah, I could imagine so. Boy, I bet you save a lot of money on groceries. That's that's wonderfully convenient. Good for you. So your interactions with some humans sound really positive and uplifting. I love women supporting women, female presenting monsters supporting female presenting monsters. It's just, it's a thing we all need to do to support one I- another. May I interject? Oh, of course. I I would like to clarify. Any human who thinks of themselves as a woman can become a Rusalka. We do not adhere to a silly human binary. Oh, that's that's really wonderful to hear. I have several human and monster friends who, well, would really like to know that. Thank you so much. Please pass that on to your uh, sisters that... Well, just I as an individual really appreciate you. Thank you so much. So your interactions with humans, some positive and some deliciously negative. Um, but how about, are there things about humans that you just overall enjoy? Um, human inventions that you like? Uh, culture? Well, uh, as, as a former member of the entertainment industry, you know, I, I appreciate human inventions that have gone into, you know, creating better theaters, mm. better acoustics, things like that. Um, recent human inventions are perhaps less pleasant for Rusalki, in part because, well, technology doesn't work very well underwater. Mm, good point. So we can't use it. Uh, but also... Humans make stupid inventions. They can. Things like jet skis. Mm. We don't like jet skis. Humans show up and they go flying across our rivers and our lakes. And that's very disruptive to a Rusalka's day. On top of which, it disturbs our other aquatic friends. Mm. And it pollutes our water. And pollution is not at all acceptable. No. Who wants to live in a place that someone has dumped motor oil all over? Right? Oh, that sounds horrible. So basically, fuck jet skis. Definitely. Okay. In fact, can can I tell you something about Rusalka society? Oh, spill the tea, girl, please. We like to have, well, the human equivalent, I think, would be rodeos. Mm. Where we use our hair to try and catch humans on their jet skis. Oh, 
<laughs> oh, that sounds fun and also difficult. Um, are, are you very good at this? I prefer to be a spectator. Hmm. But my sisters who compete are very impressive. They okay. have the longest braids. Mm. And their hair is so strong and so shiny. Oh, that sounds fun. I, I, I would very much be honored if I had an, in, an invitation to, to watch this. This sounds like a good time. I will try and make sure that you are extended an invitation. Oh, thank you so much. Um, also, human friends and monsters, uh, fellow monsters who jet ski, um, maybe don't jet ski on rivers. Wink, wink. So, Natasha, oh, it's been so lovely talking with you, and thank you so much for sharing your difficult story. But, oh, what a story of triumph as well, to, to go from a victim of something horrible to someone who lassoes assholes off of jet skis. That's just, oh, I just think that's wonderful. But but do tell us, what what is right now, as a Rusalka, what is your worst fear? What scares you? Well, I'm afraid that the human world is becoming darker hmm. and less, less comfortable for humans to live in. And unfortunately, that tends to cause an increase in the Rusalka population. Yes. Well, I love my new sisters. It is difficult not to wish that it had not been necessary yeah. for them to join us. And, and I do think, again, I think I should clarify that though most Rusalki are, are made by women who have been sexually assaulted, any woman who drowns herself does have the potential to become a Rusalka. Oh, Thanks for clarifying that. That's good to know. Most Rusalki, the, the, the rivers don't accept every suicide that that is not related to assault. Yeah. But now, as it seems that the human world is sort of a constant assault by itself, it is harder for the rivers to deny women who seek its embrace. Yeah. I, it sounds to me like what humans and monsters need to do is is support each other more so that it doesn't come to that and that the river doesn't have to take anyone. Just be kinder yes. to one another. Okay, good. Well I'm glad I'm glad I got that right then. Well thank you so much and and oh I am sorry to say that it is now time to introduce you to my roommate, by necessity, not choice, Sybil. Hi, Sybil. Hi, Penny. How's it going? Oh, just so much greater now that you're here. Sybil, this is always. our lovely guest, um, Natasha. She's, she's a Rusalka. Hi, Natasha. Hello. How are you doing? As well as may be expected, I think. All right. Well, maybe I can give you some exciting news about your future. So I do everyone's favorite segment here on The Gorgon Show, The Horoscope. <sighs> and the way I do that, I am actually an oracle. 
So I don't use the stars and traditional astrology exactly. I I actually get my visions directly from the gods. Uh, and lots of different gods give me visions. So there's kind of a variety in tone sometimes, vision to vision. So what I do, because I want to help all of our listeners and, of course, our lovely guests understand something about their future, uh, but if I did one big vision for everybody, it would just be chaos. You wouldn't be able to understand anything that I said. So I break it down and categorize everyone by sign. So I will do a vision for all of the Gemini listeners and a vision for all of the Virgo listeners and so on. Uh, so... A lot of the time, the vision is a little confusing because it is supposed to apply to multiple people. And for some people, it's going to be metaphorical and some people it's going to be literal. But it will be true for every listener of that sign. So she says. So the gods say, Penny. Uh Uh-huh. So in order to do this, because it is very difficult to bring in this much information from the gods all at the same time, I have to open my mind and get maximum bandwidth by using and mind-altering substances. And I, I like to experiment with different ones on this show. So uh, this week, I am experimenting. I found some lovely uh, antique Russian nesting dolls, and I ground them up into powder, and I did lines of them. So, of course, one line was really long, and then the next line was a little shorter, and the next line was a little shorter than that, and so on. And now it is kicking in, and we'll see if this has any particular impact on my visions. So my question for you, Natasha, is this. What zodiac sign are you? Do you know? I'm a Sagittarius, and you know... Some people think it's odd that Rusalki are not all, you know, Aquarius or Pisces. But I think that Sagittarius is very appropriate for a Rusalka. We may well, not sure. kill with arrows, but we do kill with our hair. Hmm. Absolutely. Look at it. Perfectly appropriate. Plus, I mean, it's about when you're born, right? Why would why would it matter uh to the rivers when you were born? Or do you use the date you became a Rusalka? I do now. I, I remember my human birthday. But the date that I became a Rusalka is my unbirthday. Ah, hmm. Fascinating. So you kind of change sign when you become a Rusalka. That makes so much sense. Well, I, in your honor, I am going to start with a vision for Sagittarius. And I am... I am seeing it is a dark evening. Uh, There's just a little bit of sun on the horizon still. And I see two people. It looks like they're walking down the street, but the street is rippling and a little bit reflective as if it's water. So I have a feeling that what I am looking at is one of those metaphorical visions where for some people like yourself, this is probably actually a river uh, or a stream that I'm seeing. And for other people, it's a street. And for other people, it's an idea of someone who is able to walk on water and perform miracles. Uh, However, one of these two Mm -hmm. figures 
doesn't seem to have a head. So not sure what to make of that. Uh, oh, good well, or let's bad. go with Jesus and John the Baptist all in one vision there, Sybil. Oh, my goodness. Can, can we not talk yeah. about Jesus, please? Yeah, maybe, you maybe know, no. As, as soon as Christianity came in, in, in Russia, you know, they immediately decided that Rusalka were part of the unclean forces. And we're very clean. We live in rivers. Of course we're clean. So so you are unclean, but the men who assault... Oh, oh, don't get me started. Sorry, Sybil, go ahead. I'm going to be yeah. fuming over here. We'll just go with these are some Christians that you can tickle to death and drown with your hair. Moving Lovely. On, we've got Capricorn. Capricorn, I am seeing... It looks like a ski lift. Uh, now, I don't know exactly when uh, this episode is getting released, which is the gods do know when the episode gets released. So they of apply course. visions to release date rather than recording date. Um, but it is probably going to be summer sometime. So I'm not really sure what to make of this ski lift. It is empty. So it, it's perhaps off season. Maybe this is a metaphor Capricorn for uh doing something that it is not the normal time for or something like that could be interesting. Wow. That makes less sense than you normally do, Sybil. That's fascinating. What's next? Gab's Grappless. Gab's oh, Grappless. Gab's. I am seeing a night sky. Oh, it's beautiful. I can see like the whole Milky Way. Uh, it is absolutely lovely and there is a giant uh, lying on a cloud naked. Um, I think they're posing like for an artist or something. So Gab Scrapless, have fun with whatever you've got going on there. Draw me like one of your French giant girls. Oh, good. You said it instead of me. Next up is an Aquarius. Uh, I see, I think it looks kind of like a were-rat, like a, a human-sized rat that is still slightly human, um, just kind of running. Looks like they're having fun. So Aquarius, if you are a were-rat, have fun. Uh, if you are not, um, I don't know, Let's figure it out. Next up is Pisces. Pisces, I see someone... I think they're on stage performing and they are in like full armor and have this beautiful red cape. It is very dramatic and they just, they look like they are seriously owning this stage and maybe a little scenery chewing, but in a good way. So uh, that's going to be fun, Pisces. I don't know if you're going to perform or if you're going to see someone perform, but it is going to be a magnificent performance one way or another. Next up is Aries. I see a few children having, it looks kind of like a picnic on the lawn. And there's this enormous creature that looks kind of like a cat and kind of like a teddy bear um, looming over them. But it looks friendly, so I'm sure it's fine, Aries. How can that look friendly? Oh, my goodness. It looks like a teddy bear. Looming teddy bear cat thing. Okay. Taurus, I see a clearing in the woods in a canyon, and there is, I'm just going to say it, I'm pretty sure it's a sacrificial altar of some kind. Um, it looks, it's really pretty. 
Um, Taurus, hopefully you are not the one being sacrificed. Uh, but I, I, it has like a, a fey kind of vibe to this area. So just be careful. Watch your step, Taurus, if you're going hiking. Next up is Gemini. Gemini, uh, have you ever seen the movie, like, uh, what's it called? The Nightmare Before Christmas? Um, Oogie Boogie, that guy, the bad guy. Uh, I am seeing Oogie Boogie except upside down and full of glitter instead of worms. That actually sounds kind of delightful. Yeah, the reverse Oogie Boogie. I like that idea. Next up is Cancer. I see a bedroom and a nightstand, and the nightstand has teeth and very large eyes. Three of them, in fact. It's looking right back at me. Hi. Oh, Hi. let's go back to the glitter. Oh, goodness. Good luck sleeping, Cancer. Next up is Leo. I see, I think it's you, Leo. I see you standing next to a dock on some sort of body of water and you're it looks like you're playing chess like you've got a little table set up and you're ready to play chess i don't see your opponent but maybe it's me maybe it is do you play chess natasha i do i do play chess and i've never i've never lured anybody to their death with chess but i would be willing to try oh first time for everything all right, Leo, if you like playing chess, go to the nearest lake or river, and maybe you'll find a good opponent. Or maybe Next, you'll die. Yeah, maybe. Next up is Virgo. Uh, Virgo, I see someone walking down a lonely road carrying a guitar, and someone beyond and above them is surfing on a cloud. Next up is Libra. Uh, Libra, I'm just seeing, like, a really close-up. Gods don't usually give me close-ups. They're usually very big on setting the scene, but I'm seeing a close-up of a guy with, like, really big mutton chops, and he's smoking, uh, like a, a cigarette or a cigar. Um, I don't know, Libra. Maybe this is the person of your dreams, but... Oh, or maybe you're going to Portland, Oregon. Please do not discard your cigarettes into... the the nearest body of water. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you heard it here, folks. Don't do that. That's that's rude. Next up is Scorpio. Scorpio, I see uh, a room. It looks like someone is lying in bed and there are red curtains and someone leaning over the person who is sleeping and their hands are glowing like they're casting some kind of spell on the sleeper. Oh. Good luck sleeping tonight, Scorpio. Yeah, I'm going to have trouble sleeping tonight. Goodness, Sybil. <laughs> well, I mean, you can always just check your nightstand and make sure it doesn't have teeth and eyes. Uh, and you've got your snakes to walk, watch your back. So uh-huh. I think you're good. Anyway, that is it. That's all 13 signs of the Zodiac. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sybil. And Natasha, thank you so much again for sharing your story. And well, you know, I'm not very good at chess, but if you promise not to drown me, I'd love to play a game of chess with you, maybe after a Rusalki rodeo. That sounds lovely. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for your compassion. The Gorgon Show with me, Penny Cephalonia, is a proud member of the Faustian Nonsense Network. 
You can find us on Twitter at at Gorgon Show, or email us with questions and comments at gorgonshow at faustiannonsense.com. All music in The Gorgon Show is by TJ, the empathic vampire. You can find more of his work linked in the show notes. Sound editing is now done by Sir Kai, formerly of The Round Table. Thank you for listening to The Gorgon Show. We at Faustian Nonsense would like to thank our patrons. If you'd like to become a patron, you can sign up at patreon.com slash faustiannonsense and hear me thanking you after our original episodes. Thank you to our patrons who are meeting us at the crossroads. Jules T., Parker, Alec LB, Anthony Ampersand, Jonathan E., David O., Joseph Z., Mark S., J.A.C., Greg C., K.S., and our newest patrons at this tier, Yoshiko A., and Shadow Reaper. And especially thank you to our patrons at the Pod's Best Friend tier, Emily C., Eben R.T., Guy Z., Probs Not Hawkeye, Jolene, and Trevor S. Thank you so much. Without you, this would not be possible.